1: QCH podcast listeners, uh, for another podcast. This one's actually going to be a special edition. This is Richie. Uh, We are without Spencer today, but this is not our regular podcast that we do on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis. This is a special edition in which we are going to be previewing the week, the week of December 5th. Now, normally we have our weekly previews in the format of a written post. Uh, but we thought that we might want to get this one out in a different avenue with the podcast. So um, this week, we take on three familiar opponents in Dallas, Detroit, and Cleveland. And we have a opponent that we have not seen before in the Southeastern uh, Division, the Orlando Magic. So just to kind of give you guys a preview of how our week is going to go in terms of game by game and day by day breakdown. Uh, Monday, we travel Uh, to Dallas to play them. Uh, Have an off night Tuesday. Wednesday, we come back home again against the Detroit Pistons and play in the Spectrum Center. Thursday night, we have off. And then Friday, at home in the Spectrum Center against the Orlando Magic. We have not faced this year. And then a back-to-back Saturday night, we travel to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers we have faced before and it's definitely going to be another difficult task against Cleveland. So let's first start off with our first opponent of the week on Monday. We take on the 4 and 15 Dallas Mavericks and this one is going to be in Dallas. Just a note about Dallas, we have played this team before and they are a small team. They play Dorian Finney-Smith at the 3. Harrison Barnes at the four and Bogut at the five. Last time we played them, I thought I thought we'd go small with MKG at the four. Because of Harrison's Barnes' uh, kind of versatility out there, I thought maybe we would go small to kind of match up. But actually, he did end up guarding Harrison Barnes, and they put Kaminsky on Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, if he wasn't a rookie, uh, most threes would take advantage of that situation with Kaminsky, Uh, guarding Dorian Finney-Smith at the three. So we actually had more success last week against Dallas when we went big. So it was interesting to see that instead of being reactive, Clifford was proactive. Um, I know that Frank wasn't really a factor, so they had to go to a different big. And actually, when he paired Hibbert and Hawes together, it was very effective against Dallas's team, who is small. So we don't always have to kind of match up uh, personnel-wise with the team that we're facing with likeness. We can switch it up like Clifford did and go big against a small team like Dallas. So we'll see how that affects our game plan uh, come Monday night. Will we be effective again going big or will we have to go small? Just a couple of notes on Dallas. Dallas uh, struggles offensively. Besides you know Harrison Barnes and, and Wesley Matthews, there's not many people that they can go to on a consistent basis in which they're going to get points from. Uh, they are 29th out of 30th in offensive rating. Uh, defensively, they're, they're in the middle of the road. Uh, they allowed 99 points a game and are 16th of 30 uh, in offensive rating. Uh, like I mentioned before, small team, we definitely need to take advantage of that uh, in the paint. But if things get a little bit difficult on the defensive end, we're going to have to go small so that we can keep up. Um, We don't have a lot of great individual defenders, uh, and especially when you have defenders that are guarding players that are quicker than us, uh, it's going to pose more problems. The Dallas Mavericks, they don't shoot the three ball well. Um, But interesting thing, they love to shoot the three ball. They attempt the ninth most in the NBA Uh, but they're actually last in the NBA in three-point percentage. And we've talked about this before with uh, Marco Bellinelli, in which maybe the situation plays a little bit of a factor in how these players are shooting the ball. I know that I mentioned in the last weekly preview uh, that we've seen some down years from behind the arc, especially from Harrison Barnes, Wesley Matthews to an extent, Normally, these players are shooting uh, in the mid-30s. I know Harrison Barnes is has got to be the low 30s. Um, I know at one point he might have been below 30. Maybe he still is. I'm not sure off the top of my head. But that kind of plays into our hands. We, we like to stop drives and penetration. So if we can do that and force Dallas to shoot outside, um, that's kind of what our game plan is going to be. And I think that's the way to go. But like I've mentioned before, it seems like these teams that do not shoot the ball well uh, end up shooting the ball well against us for whatever reason. So um, something to be mindful of, but we can't allow too many open shots. And the last thing that I want to note with the Dallas Mavericks, very different from us. They don't get to the line a lot. They are actually, um, I want to say, last in the NBA? Uh, They only attempt 18 free throws per game, and the last time we played them, we attempted 31, and they attempted their average of 18. Now, um, we don't shoot the ball all that well from the free throw line, and we've kind of seen a downward trend. We've seen it all year, but recently it's been pretty poor. Um, So we have to get to the line a lot so that we can kind of make up for the fact that we're not hitting our free throws at a high rate. Um, And the last thing that I just want to mention, we just need to watch out for Barnes, he can go off. He, he can be streaky at times. There was a period in the fourth quarter when he was guarded by MKG, uh, but still scored six points out of nine points in a streak uh, where Dallas had like a little mini run, kind of kept it close in the fourth quarter. So uh, even when MKG is on, and we've seen this in the past with players like Kawhi and Melo, um, you know, players that have talent like Harrison Barnes can get their buckets. I mean, he didn't get it to the magnitude of Melo or of Kawhi Leonard, but it's just something to focus on. Um, But I think that this should be a win. I hope that the energy is there. I hope the defensive effort is there because we've kind of seen those dip uh, in the past couple of games. So Hornets need to win the games that they're supposed to win. And this is a game that they're supposed to win Monday night. All right, let's move on to another team in which we have faced before. uh, And actually we faced them at the Spectrum Center, which we will again Wednesday night. Um, Detroit is not too far behind us in the standings. So this is definitely a game in which, uh, it's going to be very competitive. We got blown out last time we played them. Uh, it was very ugly and it was a game in which Drummond was ejected. Uh, but they still ended up coming out with the victory. Um, offensive rating for Detroit, uh, middle of the road, 14. Actually thought that would have been a little bit lower, but that's interesting to, to note, uh, higher than I would have thought. Defensive rating, Uh, this is where they are very, very good. Um, They only allow 97 points a game. They are second in the league in defensive rating. So this team uh, we faced before, very slow-paced, grinded out, physical team, teams like this you know, give us some trouble sometimes, um, and we kind of have to match their energy, match their their physicalness uh, when it comes to you know both ends of the ball, rebounding, defense, uh, being strong with the ball, and not committing uh, many turnovers. Um, we don't typically commit many turnovers, and neither does this team. Both the Detroit Pistons and the Hornets, I think, have to be top five in turnovers committed. It's not a lot. Uh, so that means that we're going to be playing defense for you know long periods of time and against a team that is very physical and grinded out type of team uh, that doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, it's going to take a lot of mental strength to kind of keep that up throughout four quarters. Um, another thing about Detroit offensively, unlike Dallas, they don't shoot a lot of threes. A lot of their shots, the majority of their shots come in inside the line, in the two-point range, in the paint. Uh, so this is something to, to kind of to take a note of, and and really, there's not many offensive threats. That's kind of why I was a little bit surprised that they were kind of middle of the road offensively. They have uh, players like uh, Contavius Caldwell Pope and uh, Tobias Harris who can who can score buckets for them. But other than that, uh, I'm not really seeing many players that were, will go off on any given night. But Drummond, uh, he's going to be a force on defense. Um, not. Too big of a rim protector, but he does uh, rack up the blocks. He is a walking double double in terms of points and rebounds. You can almost guarantee that he's gonna he's gonna record a double double. So what does that mean for the Hornets? It just means that it may be frustrating at times on the offensive end. I know that you know with the the physicalness that that Detroit plays on defense, and they could you know cause teams to become frustrated. They're not gonna allow offensive rebounds. I know that last outing we only had four second chance points uh, compared to their 14. So if we do go into a rut offensively, we just can't allow that to dictate our play on the defensive end. And we've seen that happen before. We get frustrated whether it's with with no calls or just, you know, baskets not going in. We struggle to keep up the same intensity on defense. And just to note something as well, you know, Drummond does pick up a good portion of his of his rebounds on the offensive end. So something that we've struggled with in the past, uh, recently with Minnesota, we got to keep teams off the offensive glass and limit, limit second chance points. Okay, let's move on to game three of the week. This is against a team, the only team this week, that we have not faced yet uh, this year, a Southeastern Division team in the Orlando Magic. We will be taking on the Magic Friday night in the Spectrum Center. Uh, They are, between them and the Wizards, are the only two teams that we have not faced yet from the Southeastern Division. The Orlando Magic have gone through a little bit of an overhaul when it comes to their roster, bringing in players like Abaka, trading away uh, Oladipo. Bringing in former Bobcat and Hornet Bismack Biombo, and you know, bringing those two in, that you can clearly see what they were trying to do on the defensive end. And it has showed they are fourth in the NBA um, in defensive rating. They are protecting the rim at a very good rate. They are tied for fourth or maybe fifth in blocks, averaging almost seven blocks per game. So uh, getting into the paint. Uh, is going to be difficult driving. Uh, Kimba has got to continue to uh, shield you know, the ball with his body, with the rim. Smaller players like that um, are going to have to do little things uh, to be more successful around the rim, especially against a team uh, in the Orlando Magic, who do block a high percentage of their shots. So very stingy on defense, uh, especially protecting the rim with Abaca and Biombo. We have seen that before with these players. We saw it firsthand with, with uh, Biombo. Offensively, they are struggling. Um, we shouldn't allow too many points from Orlando. Our defense should match up well against them. Offensively, they are not shooting the ball from inside the line, outside the line, uh, just everywhere from the court. Just poor shooting, a poor shooting team. Um, They brought in Jody Meeks in hopes of, you know, kind of increasing that three-point percentage, stretching the floor a little bit. Uh, But he's been injured for for most of the year, and he just made his debut on Friday. The hope is there to add a little bit more three-point shooting. I know that anytime you come back from an injury, you're going to be on a minute restriction. So maybe by Friday, uh, when we face off against the Magic, there might not be any restrictions with Jody Meeks. So just another player that hasn't really been on the scouting report for Orlando because he's been injured for most of the year. But just know from his past and from his game on Friday, he is going to add uh, something from behind the arc, something that the Orlando Magic desperately need. And then something else, uh, they score 13 fast break points a game. Uh, That is middle of the road for the NBA, but in comparison to how many points they score a game, Uh, It's a sizable chunk of their points. They like or they will try to get out and transition and score that way. Um, So little things like that we have to defend. I know that last night against the Timberwolves, inexcusably, we gave up a fast break point off a made basket. Uh, Typically, you see fast break points off of turnovers. It's going to drive a coach nuts if you score a basket, don't get back on defense. And then next thing you know, uh, you have a, uh, a player running down the court and trying to get to the basket. So getting back on defense for Charlotte is going to be something that we need to focus on on the defensive end uh, because Orlando will try any way that they can to score points because that's what they're struggling with right now. And then the last person, if I had to choose one person to to kind of focus in on with this Orlando team, it would be Evan Fournier. Um, Evan Fournier, really do like his game. Um, He's very versatile in what he can do off ball. You'll see him coming off screens uh, in hopes of getting open. And they'll also put the ball in his hands a lot at the top of the key, kind of working his way towards the basket. He likes to penetrate off of screens. Uh, He can score off the dribble, which is a very difficult skill to to develop uh, for anyone. So just someone to kind of note and kind of focus in on and key in on for Orlando Magic. If there was one player, it would be uh, Fournier. And that leads us to Saturday night, the next night. So not only... Are we We'll be playing on a back-to-back uh, Friday and Saturday? We get to travel to Cleveland to play the top team in the East. Uh, Cleveland has lost three straight, I believe, uh, as of Sunday uh, when I'm recording this. But I'm sure things will get turned around uh, just in time for Saturday against the Hornets. So nothing really too be concerned about for Cleveland fans. Uh, they're always going to give us their best effort. We have played them before and it happened to be at quick and loans arena as well. We battled them close. Uh, it's going to take another effort from quarter one to quarter four to keep this thing close, but hopefully we get our wins early in the week because this one is going to be a difficult one in Cleveland. You know, we have, you know, Irving, LeBron James, both of who can score the ball uh, in a variety of ways uh, in iso situations in which it's just one-on-one uh, and you, it's it's our man versus their man uh, and typically you know Irving and LeBron James gets the best out of anyone so and they also like to share the ball so whether it's it's LeBron James sharing the ball out of the high post um, and kicking it out uh, to three-pointers or on backdoor cuts it makes it very difficult to defend Cleveland because of all the eyes on LeBron James, and when all the eyes come on LeBron James, uh, he will make that pass uh, in which very few people have the vision for. Uh, he gets others involved, players like Channing Frye uh, had a very big game against us last time, um, and you just you just never know who who he can get involved. So when the eyes are all on LeBron James and uh, Kyrie Irving, um, it makes the other players better. They fill him fill this Cleveland roster in with shooters. Uh, they do shoot 39% from three, and they attempt a lot. So, thir- both of those are third best in the league. Third best at percentage, and third best in attempts, or, or third most attempts, I should say. And then, you know, obviously, you can't forget about Kevin Love. Um, the last 10 games for Kevin Love, uh, he's been a problem. 21 points a game, uh, 10.8 rebounds a game. That's up from his average. Two assists a game. That's up from his average. And his field goal percentage and three-point percentage have been up in the last 10 games. He's shooting 48% from three uh, in the last 10 games that he has played. And I know that he had a strong start against us last time we played them in Cleveland. So those three players, um, nothing new here. They're going to cause some problems. We need to focus in on defense, play solid. We need to play unselfish on the offensive end as well uh, because, if there's any place in which we can we can create an advantage, I guess it would be that end. They are 18th in the league and allow 105 points per game on the defensive end. Um, so it may, it may be a situation in which we have to outscore them uh, because offensively, they bring it. They bring it, and they can score the ball. So it's going to be very competitive. Uh, do I expect to win? Probably not, but I'm just hoping that it is competitive and that maybe we can get our wins early in the week. All right, guys, so that wraps up the weekly preview for the week for Queen City Hoops. Uh, This is Richie, uh, one of the co-hosts of the Queen City Hoops podcast. I just wanted to make sure, guys, that you guys are checking out our podcast. You can go to SoundCloud or iTunes, uh, both of which just search QCH Podcast, and that'll take you right there where you need to go. Subscribe via iTunes. That'll download it straight to your phone every time we release a new episode. So thanks again for listening guys. We wanted to thank all of you guys and always hit us up on Twitter at queen city hoops at QCH blog. Uh, That is our Twitter handle and we will see you guys next time.
0: This is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently